Hey, Elijah. Hmm. How's the weather been in Utah? I just scraped my car this yesterday morning for work. Oh, scrape like ice off the windshield? Yeah. The, so when, when water gets really cold, it, it freezes to your car. And you oh. have to take a scraper to it. Take Tell it me more. Yeah, so you can drive safely. Huh. Yeah, I, I've just had to deal with beautiful beach sunsets on the coast of California. It's been really rough. Okay. <laughs> Love that. I'm so glad you moved. I'm so glad you Me found too. a happy place. I recommend it. Um, does your place have room for a plus one? Uh, it does, but that's for my wife. Sorry. Does it have a second plus one? No. Okay. Maybe next time. What? What? Welcome back to Folded Sheets and Story Beats. There's my first dumb. That's my first dumb. I just put it in. I just I I I breathed it right out for you. I even paused right after I said it. I appreciate that. So you'll be, it'll be really easy for you to cut out. You're welcome. Not cutting this one out. Okay. What about this one? Um. All right. So. Yeah. You know, editing in in post is it's kind of like time travel. This is true. We often speak to ourselves in the future as we record, telling me where to cut. Dear Devin tomorrow, I hope you had to scrape ice off your windshield. From Elijah last night. Hmm. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Did we have to cover anything from last time? I haven't gotten any comments or questions from last time. Have you checked the email? I'm just wondering. I think Jordan wanted to send us an email. I periodically have checked the email, but people don't email us, which makes me sad. I know I ruffled some feathers in my house with our takes on Captain Kirk and and Ray. And um, dear family, the opinion has not changed. Nope. With love. Nope. No emails. Welcome back to listening to us check our emails in a podcast. <laughs> right. So th- yeah. this week, well, first off, we want to apologize for taking so long to get back to this. Um, we are, we are, it's the beginning of December. Christmas is here. We moved. We, I just quit my job. I'm still a laundry boss. That's, that hasn't changed. I just quit my job. Not relevant to my laundry bossness. So yeah, we've had just some just some ups and downs, but we're happy to be back and uploading and recording. Um, mm-hmm. This, did you want to say something? Did you do you want to apologize? No, no, just I I would like to apologize. We realized that when 
at the end of episode four, we're like, hey, we're going to be a couple weeks. We realized that uh, that warning probably should have gone on the end of episode three because episode four was late. And now we've been even later than we had promised. So, and, whoops. And that really got us thinking about time. I keep making these stupid time jokes, but th- the reason why is because today we're talking about time travel stories. Good night. There's no smooth transition. You don't get one. I'm, I'm, we're talking about time travel. Time travel stories. We lied about the puzzle games because I think that's what we had said we were going to we do promised, last time. We really promised puzzle games, we, didn't we? We promised a lot of things that we haven't It turns out that some of the games on. that we promised that we would do um, takes some serious time to actually take care of, to, to yeah. experience. I have Chris, not played the Talos Principle yet because it's a long game. Chris has gotten started Chris on it. Is a fair way through it. He's, I would, he's probably more than halfway at this point. Yeah. So Elijah here has not been. I have two weeks putting in his. Work. The plan is I have two weeks and I'm going to do it. But so today we wanted to talk about time travel stories, some of the things that make them interesting, the reasons we tell time travel stories as storytellers, um, the reason we like time travel stories as listeners and as readers and as movie watchers and video game players. And we, yeah, we want to compare and contrast some of the time travel stories that we know. Yeah. So we've actually compiled a, well, in, in doing our research, we found some, like a couple videos and some articles. And we're going to throw those links mm-hmm. in the description for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. But we kind of, wanted to start off talking about different types of time travel that you find in stories. Mm-hmm. And and so before we really dive in, we want to just give some credit to a, an article that we're going to be referencing a lot. There's going to be a link to that in the podcast description. It's called The 8 Types of Time Travel by written by Ted Ashley, T E D A T C H L E Y. Ted, thanks you wrote a good article. And this article is Really good. It's a really interesting read. I'd recommend it to everyone, but it's kind of going to be the basis for what we talk about because it does outline a lot of the different kinds of time travel stories, the rules mm-hmm. that time travel stories uh, tend to follow, and w- whether they work or not. Yeah, and he also gives a good amount of like examples of different popular media stories for each of these eight kinds. Yeah. So without further ado, let's just jump into this list. Yeah. Because I'm I'm excited. There time travel is cool. And so time I've, travel is, I've been looking let's, forward to it. Let's before I mean, before we just jump in, time travel. Yeah. We I mean if if I asked you to just off the top of your head, I mean we both have now had the opportunity to prepare for this, but before mm-hmm. we started, what were some of the time travel stories that you just had in mind that you were looking forward to talking about? I really like Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban. It's a great mm-hmm. one. One of mm-hmm. my favorite movies of all time is The Edge of Tomorrow. I. It's a cool sci-fi movie. Cool, a cool take on the Groundhog's Day story. I remember. I, I'm, I've been excited to talk about Groundhog Day. I didn't have a chance to rewatch it, but it's it's very timeless, which is ironic. That uh, is very ironic. Yeah, it's it's a timeless time film, uh, and that is one of my f- favorites. It's very original in its concept. And I've been excited to talk about that one. Yeah. 
I what my my all time favorite video game is actually about time travel. Really? The, yeah, the Outer Wilds, not to be confused with the Outer Worlds, just Outer Wilds. I don't. I don't know why I forgot that that was your favorite game of all time. You said that, and and I think you were delivering to the <laughs> listeners. I thought you were delivering to me, and it was like, did you did you know Elijah that my favorite game of all time is a time travel story? And I was sitting here like, wow, Devin, I'm I, learning wow. something new about you. No, I'm not. You <laughs> no, made you me play that. this game, and I by the end really loved it. Was really emotionally invested, and it is one of the neatest time travel stories. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's talk. We'll talk about the Outer Wilds at some point in this when we get to that genre of time travel story i'm a little scared because i don't want to actually ruin that one but we can talk a little bit about it i mean yeah. the fact that it's a time travel story is in the trailer so i'm yeah. not worried about ruining yeah. that aspect yeah so yeah let's jump into Outer this let's jump into this wilds. article uh the the article discusses eight different kinds of time travel stories the first is i think the most common and probably the most like the most used in general media, it's the anything goes uh, time story. The you can we can time travel forwards and backwards, and we can play with things, and it doesn't ruin the world. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, well, sometimes you can mess up your your own future. Uh, this type of time travel is usually accomplished via some sort of MacGuffin, some kind of just plot device, like, for example, Doctor Who, they use a TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Back to the Future is a great one of these Anything Goes. The DeLorean. The DeLorean, yep. yep. What is it, and 88 so, miles an hour? 88 miles per hour. So I saw that movie first before I started driving, and I was like, wow, 88's really fast. And <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. And recently, I, you know, I drive between home and school. Uh, uh-huh. Two cities that are far away from each other, and I do go ninety-five-ish miles an hour. <laughs> Wait a minute, this isn't that fast. Eighty-eight's hmm. not that fast. I won't tell our listeners what the speed limit in that section of. Well, it's certainly not is. the autobahn. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to go ninety-five. But naughty, naughty. All I'm saying is, I have never time traveled. In my miles per hour. in my Mazda three, hmm. I got to get a DeLorean. You need a DeLorean, and you do need to equip the time MacGuffin to them DeLorean. Exactly. But yeah, Back to the Future is one of these anything goes time travel stories where the you know Doc, I must call him Doc Martin. Doc Martin with his big soled <laughs> shoes comes in. Marty McFly, check out my shoes. Uh, no, Doctor Brown grabs Marty McFly. They go back in time, and then they goof things up. And this this story is a and anything goes because the characters can go back and they can go forward and throughout the series they kind of do all of the above. Yeah, there's only one timeline. Here's gonna be probably my first time that I wish this was not just a podcast because when we start talking different timelines and branching timelines and exactly. loops and this that the other. In fact, for this very reason, I highly recommend looking up the video that we've put down in the links. It's called Time Travel in Fiction Rundown. It's put on by Minute Physics on YouTube because they talk about it and you get to see the, the lines. It is a very the... visual explanation of timelines and how they can split in stories 
and the and minute physics does a very good job of relating that back to actual scientific concept concepts and we are not going to be doing that today we're not scientists not so much we yeah. are we are storytellers except for one definitely going to go into it on one but yeah. uh yes anything goes this is one where there is a single timeline and you can move forward or backwards and what you do affects the timeline. So the classic example being Back to the Future, Marty accidentally screws up the relationship of his parents so that his mom is got a, she's crushing on him. And so suddenly now there's this thing where his parents don't get together. And so he starts fading from existence because he messed things up and then he has to fix that. So that's like a, and anything goes. Yeah, I watched, I didn't get on YouTube to rewatch that sort of the conflict and i did just get the youtube video where marty marty's mom kisses marty and i was like this movie was made no i i want to say it's a product of a different time but like i feel like we could probably have movies come out anytime like anytime where a character goes back in time and kisses his mom but it was just like i was like wow i forgot that happened and i'm 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 really uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) whoopsies that said i think it is it's made comedic by Marty's horrified expression. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> alarm. Like, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> what is going on, Lorraine? You got it. Nope. Mm-mm. Not yep. acceptable. Don't. Pro tip. When you go back in time, don't kiss your mom. Don't let lips. your mom kiss you. Kiss your mom on the cheek today. Don't go back in time and kiss your mom on the lips. Those are two very different issues. Yeah. We have gotten All off right. track. I got us <laughs> off track. The rules for number one, characters can go back and forth in a single timeline, move freely within it, usually via a device. Yep. So Back to the future, Doctor Who. Yep. These are some examples. Yep. Tell me about number the two. The next kind is branching realities. So this one is where if you go back in time, your changes will not rewrite history, but instead cause a split in the timeline. So this is all about alternate timelines and and things like that. Classic or I guess just recent examples, well-known examples of that would be Avengers Endgame, where so they go and they travel back and I'm totally blanking on the plot of it. <laughs> Thanos kills literally friggin' half the universe. The Avengers say, let's go back and make him not do that. Oh yeah. That's what it was. And they do that. Mm-hmm. And then, but now they have gone into a different branch of the timeline and because so this so the the essence of branch reality time stories is that characters go back in time and they make a decision that alters the way history unravels and mm-hmm. so when they return the world is largely different because of the steps that they have taken uh, i think loki does a lot loki with this loki is also yep um, they're loki's playing by the same yeah the same rules, avengers rules quote unquote of the Marvel Where Cinematic Universe. You go back, if you make an action, it will have a, an event that splits from the timeline that we have and makes a new one. Mm-hmm. It does not change the future of the one that you are in. 
Correct. because the past in that story, the past in that timeline has already happened and it can't change. So when you make an action that changes it, it creates a new branch reality. So that's number two, branch reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, Elijah said we weren't going to talk too much science or physics or anything, but we're definitely going to dip into that for this third kind of time travel because we're talking time dilation. Now this now, one's if you want to, it's pretty cool. It, it like it's, this one it's is cool, cool science, man. And if you want to talk like actual, like actually possible time travel that we could do, that is fully within the realm of science and not fiction. Time dilation is a hundred percent the way you could do it. So time dilation is all based on Einstein's laws of relativity, wherein if you get going, if you're moving fast enough or go near enough of high gravity, your space-time relative to you will change relative to everyone else. This is what actually happens. There is math that proves this. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, faster- essentially what it, the science is, is if you put, if I put a timer on the ground on earth and then I go into space and I put a, another timer right by a black hole and I press start on both of those timers at the exact same time, exact same time. And then I bring them back. One of them is going mm-hmm. to have experienced more time than the other. And it is the, so it, the one it, by the black where, hole has experienced more time, right? No, the well, one by the black hole has see, experienced the less thing. time. Depending on what frame of reference you're looking at, that's the whole relativity. So relative to the clock near the black hole, because if you're wherever you are, whatever frame of reference you're in is going to feel normal. Mm-hmm. But relative, so if you're by the black hole, relative to, from from your point of view. Everything else outside, so your other clock, mm-hmm. will appear to be going really fast. Mm-hmm. But if you are on Earth with your clock relative to you from your point of view, the clock near the black hole is going to appear to be going really slow. That's a good idea. The same thing happens with going really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So here's an example Ender's Game. Ender's Game, one of the characters is, he, he travels in time because they, humans, anticipate needing this military genius, basically. And so they're like, well, we're, we're going to need him in the future. So what they do is they put him on a spacecraft, and they just send it accelerating away from Earth, going real, 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 real fast. Because, and then it turns around, and it comes back. And for him, the amount of time that passes back on Earth is a lot more than he experiences traveling really fast. And so mm-hmm. he is effectively able to travel into the future because he's experienced say 10 years traveling out into space and then back Mm -hmm. but by the time he gets back time has passed differently on earth and it's been 100 years or 200 years depending Mm -hmm. on how fast you go and i don't remember the specifics of that in ender's game it's been forever since i read that but Mm -hmm. that is time dilation this is the same way that they for example, Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. uh, or that part in Interstellar that everybody means about of how you know one minute here is eight years on Earth. Mm-hmm. It, it's because they are on Miller's planet, which is really close to a black hole, and so th- from their point of view on the planet, time 
on Earth is going by really fast. Mm -hmm. I think an, an important note to these kinds of stories is that they don't, I don't think they have the time travel feel to them. They have an urgent mm -hmm. feel to them because you can't go backwards in time in these stories. You cannot travel to the exactly. past using this uh, time dilation by going fast enough or near enough to a high, extreme, extremely high gravity location. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't go backwards in time this way. Yeah, this is a, you can only go forward. There's no going back. And, and that's that. sort of, I think that's sort of the urgency of the film Interstellar, right? Is that he's trying mm -hmm. to, they're trying to get, find a place where humanity can go. Where, but the problem is that the travel to these planets takes them, it, 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 they experience time so much. They, they, it takes so much time to get places for these characters. Mm -hmm. And so by the end, he gets to see his daughter again, but she's an old lady. Yeah. Because she has experienced more time relative to his experiences. Exactly. And that, that's always the, the important bit, relative. And that's why mm -hmm. it's his theories of relativity, general and special relativity. Mm -hmm. Which, again, we're not going to get too far into it, but it's, it's really cool. This has been proven. Like, they put an atomic clock up in space going around the Earth real fast after linking it with an atomic clock that stayed on Earth. And they let him go for a little bit. And one was going real fast, but with a little bit less gravity. And the other one was on Earth, not going fast and with more gravity. And then they bring them back. And lo and behold, the clocks are a little bit off. We're talking ridiculously small amounts of time mm -hmm. because Tiny it's not, not that much difference in speed or gravity. But, yep. Significant enough to be measurable. Exactly. So really cool science behind that. Mm -hmm. I recommend looking it up. We're not going to talk about that mm -hmm. because that is neither here nor there in, guard, in regards to storytelling. I think I really like the time dilation stories in because of their urgency. The, the, or, or even the sobriety of it. The, I think there's a innate sort of somberness to getting in a ship and traveling across the galaxy knowing that your time relative to your family's and your friends' time is no longer going to be the same and mm -hmm. you are going to be different and you will be different ages and and I think that's I think that's a really I mean I'm a sucker for soft sad stories and so I think that's why that kind of connects with me but I just think that that is a really neat form of storytelling for sure. In fact, I really enjoy those. I I explore that in one of my books in Reaper. I think mm -hmm. it, in Guardian Wraith and Reaper I play around with a lot of different ways of making characters experience time differently because I think making characters have relationships with each other and then ex having them go and have different experiences and returning is mm -hmm. sort of uh, a, a foundational aspect of my style of storytelling, but I think that giving characters immense amounts of time and then dropping them back into the story mm -hmm. as it, yeah. when no one else has experienced that time change is it, it is there's a desperation there, right? I have experienced mm -hmm. an eternity and you have been it, for you it was a few seconds. And I am now I, I barely remember your name and moments ago for you, we were best friends. 
Mm-hmm. I think that is. Well, I mean, you also just enjoy inflicting enormous amounts of suffering on your characters. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, with an asterisk. <laughs> yes, with the asterisk that I think I, I just I I enjoy. Uh huh. Uh huh. A you man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, are we going to have to bleep for the first time? No, you're going to I mean, I, I don't care. Cut it out, probably. <laughs> My mom listens to this. <laughs> or bleep it because it's funny. All I'm saying is the stories, I think stories, uh, they, the more they hurt you, right, the more you can enjoy it. It, it, if it hurts you to start and then it resolves really, really beautifully, it, the the beauty it can mirror the depth of the sorrow. And the more you stretch one direction in sorrow, the more you're able to experience on, on the joy side. And I think time dilation is a really neat tool to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And so it is something that I have played around with in my storytelling and I have had great success. Great, great success. My friends are sad when I read it, and that's to me great success. <laughs> I can confirm that we are very sad because he is very mean to his characters. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So that's time dilation. Let's move on to number four. The number four type of time story is the this always happened. This is the way it always happened kind of story. And I think that's well, let's let's establish the rules. The the rules of a time of a, this always happened. That it's always how the timeline happened is. There's one timeline, mm-hmm. and you cannot alter it. And this sometimes brings up questions of: Do can my do my characters even have free will mm-hmm. if they couldn't go back and change anything? If nothing, if if this is the way it was meant to be, are my characters? making their own choices at all. I think yeah. the best, actually, I'm going to, I mean, Harry Potter did it best in my opinion. They did oh, yeah, prisoner sure. of Azkaban where Harry saves himself because he realized he always saved himself and this is how it has to be. And if mm-hmm. is, that is a really excellent execution of this is always what happened. Yeah. Story. I, speaking of that idea of, you know, Free will. I think that Minute Physics talks about this and they describe it as you in the present have free will mm-hmm. or not, depending on your philosophy. But once you start getting into that time traveling, suddenly the you that has gone back mm-hmm. is the one that does not have free will because this always happened. Mm-hmm. You know, Harry in the present quote unquote mm-hmm. when he's not time traveling harry has free will mm-hmm. but the moment he uses that time turner and goes back and he's, now he does not have free will and he's standing because, on the other side of the lake and he's watching the dementors come down to attack mm-hmm. himself exactly he doesn't have free will there anymore his other self did mm-hmm. he does not currently because it always happened this way that he was the one who saved them mm-hmm. from the Dementors, which is really fun to play around with. Yeah, and I think you can it, you can argue with that, right? You can argue, well, he could have not, but yeah. could he not have, right? It's and I think yeah. that's a fun a fun sort of uh, argument to have, a fun discussion. Mm-hmm. That said, Wait. this oh, what are you going to say? 
I was just going to say another another example of that is from Interstellar, again Interstellar. At this time, though, specifically the part where he is in the black hole, because mm-hmm. he is using this knowledge that he's learned, and he is using gravity and, and these things to send messages back. And oh my gosh, that was painful because he's just trying to tell himself not to leave, mm-hmm. but he leaves mm-hmm. because. Of course, this is how it always happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, there's actually been uh, that scene has spawned uh, a lot of memes recently. Have you seen those? There's been quite a few TikToks of like kids, like 18 year old me watching 14 year old me invest in whatever, or 60 year old me watching. 25 year old me invest in dogecoin and it's, it's the shot of him <laughs> just screaming like no don't do it no, but no. this is how it always yeah. happened exactly and I, there's been a lot of 26 year old me going back and looking at 15 year old me about to put 2000 hours into dota 2 <laughs> no 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 don't do it. <laughs> but this is how it always happened so i think yeah. this story this kind of story time travel story does have it's it's a difficult story to execute mm-hmm. because it it's big it and what it's done well is it gets it, it's always has great reception mm-hmm. and there's there's a hold on I think Ashley said it best this one can confuse and delves closer to the realm of theology than science it feels gimmicky and has become something of a trope, making it hard to pull this off in a satisfying way for your audience. This type also invites the audience to question if your protagonist ever had free will or agency in the story. Yeah, he said it best. It feels gimmicky Mm -hmm. because this always happened. So if you get to the end of a story and you've realized, uh, if you go into the story knowing, oh, this is this this always happened story, Mm -hmm. it's not going to feel satisfying. I think that's one one of the things. This one has to be done with a twist. Exactly. I think that's one of the things that Harry Potter did, right? Is that Harry looked across the lake and he he thought it was his dad. And he was just waiting for his dad to show uh up. And he's telling Hermione, look, look, he's going to show up any minute now. Uh And and she's like, you're dying. Uh And he's then like, oh, oh, it's me. You know, that twist is very well done, which is why that movie is so great. Yeah, it's very satisfying execution of this, of this. That's how it had to happen story Mm -hmm. because the expectation was not that I saved myself by coming back in time, but that my father was still alive somehow. Yeah, somehow. And and that's, they went there to save not themselves. They went there to save the hippogriff. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I think definitely, probably one of the, definitely, probably. Definitely, maybe, (laughs) I think somehow. Probably. Perhaps, perhaps one of the easiest ones to get wrong yeah. because it will feel gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it right, it's, it's very good. I I I wonder if your characters know. I'm wondering if you could do it well without it being a surprise twist. If you instead make it about the character struggling with the idea, what if instead it of whatever your normal conflict might be. Mm-hmm. What if the conflict itself is your character fighting against this idea that they can't change mm-hmm. what happened and that it does have to be this way because that's the way it always happened. If, I wonder if you could do that. If your plot is the internal conflict rather than the external one and the external one yeah. is it, you, Im- 
ultimately embrace that this is how it always happened because this is who you are. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a very that would be a very interesting story. That's very that's yeah. a very cool idea. I'm running actually a a D and D campaign for my siblings. Okay, and the story is a time loop situation. Mm-hmm. And when I was brainstorming it, I kind of played with this idea of of making it so that every loop is true. And so every time they come back, there's another copy of them wandering around the area. Ooh, uh, it would be like if Bill Murray woke up every morning and there was another Bill Murray in the bed. And so that gets crowded real quick. By the seventh loop, there are seven Bill Murrays, and by the eighth loop, there's eight. And they are, and the first you can't stop what the first one's doing, or you. Can, I mean, you can interact with it, but it's like it's it, it's got a thing that it's doing that day because that's what it did. But and that would. To me, in a D and D campaign, that would be crazy because ultimately you'd get in a fight with yourself, and that's. Yeah. I real I, I was like, that's way above my pay grade. Yeah, that, there's another kind of uh, time travel, and I don't know exactly where it would fit into either. This always happened, or maybe a time loop. Mm-hmm. But that what you were saying of this happens a lot in video games, like racing games, for example, where you. Oh, have you like you go in and you run your lap, and mm. then the next time you run it, you get you're racing against your own ghost. Oh, got it. Yeah, I've, yeah. Mario so you're trying that. to, yeah, exactly. That's that's a time loop, kind of. True. You cannot change what the ghost you is doing mm. because it's been done. Mm-hmm. I think so I'll, it I, would be. I almost wonder if that's like that's really just a memory, right? Because you can't interact with that yeah. car that's Which racing. Is it different? You. That is that is a different the the time travel of information mm-hmm. rather than a physical body. Mm-hmm. That's another kind that we'll talk about. But, but before we move away from that, this always happened. There's a book by Michael Crichton mm-hmm. that I really like. I did read it in sixth grade. So if you are a recent reader of this book and I get details wrong, you I mean feel free to message me on Instagram and call me an idiot. But or email us or email us sheets and beats at gmail dot com. Exactly. In timeline, they it's about some researchers, some historians who. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what the MacGuffin is in this story, but they the the plot device, the plot the device that makes it so they go back science in time. Tool, yeah. They go back in time at probably, I think it's like seven hundred, six, eight, seven hundred years to medieval England or medieval Europe, and okay. they quickly realize that it was a mistake that they are not equipped to survive here, and if they don't do something to get back, they will die. And then they will cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And that is a problem for them. Uh, and the the story ends with, it, they realize they have to do something that will leave a big enough historical mark that uh, they, to warn, to warn their future, future selves to then, not do it. I guess that's probably less of a, this always happened, or I, I, I have no idea where this one fits That feels in, like honestly. an anything goes. That feels like an anything goes. Because they can affect the timeline and it is their timeline. Uh-huh. Interesting. I don't Didn't, know. But I think you told me about this one where like they show up and somebody like immediately gets stabbed or something. Yeah, like, like one of the main like one of the main characters you've been following just gets her head chopped off right out the gate. The moment they land Whoops. in medieval Europe, it was crazy. One guy like invents gunpowder and like they to to like survive a siege. Mm. He's just like I'm building a cannon. <laughs> I need sulfur. <laughs> I need saltpeter. <laughs> it was a pretty good story. Um, yeah, funny. I think that one probably does fit more into either anything goes or branch reality, right? Where they're trying to create, make a big enough effect where they create a branch 
where that does that doesn't happen. Where they didn't, yeah. Where they so didn't they go back survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool story. Cool. Highly recommend. Yeah. Timeline by Michael Crichton. Now I'll have to give it a look. We're halfway in. We are. I think it's time for a mother freaking laundry tip, baby. Hey. All right. It's been too long. It's been too long. I'm so I, I love laundry, bro. I've got a big pile that I should have done a long time ago, sitting <laughs> five feet. You away love it so much that you're just. I love the, my laundry so it. much that I just like to look at it instead of clean it. <laughs> exactly. No other reason. It's gross. I'm wearing clean clothes. <laughs> They're all clean. This week's laundry tip <laughs> comes from my mother, beloved mom. She, I asked her, mom, do you have any tips for how to keep like a good laundry tip for my, my clothes to keep them clean? And she said, don't get them dirty in the first place. And I just like, Isaac, Isaac, do me a favor and just don't get your clothes dirty in the first place, baby. Then guess what? They won't be dirty. Kaboom. But Genius. if you do, if you do get them dirty. You can just travel back in time and make it so that you didn't. Kaboom. Stop yourself from spilling ramen on your new white shirt. This week's laundry tip brought to you by Bad Internet. Exactly. Crappy hotel free one megabit per second internet. This has been a laundry tip. Don't get your clothes dirty. (laughs) Keep them clean. Boom. Laundry tip. Done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so our next kind of time travel story is seeing the future. This one's fun. I didn't think about this one as, like, its own brand of time travel, but, like, yeah. So, for example, and there's two subsets of this one, too, where you can, your character sees into the future and then can either change it or cannot. And so... A good example of that is A Christmas Carol. Tis the season. Tis the season to talk about The Christmas Carol. I don't think anyone, when they heard us say, this week we're talking about time travel stories, I don't think anyone thought, oh yeah, Christmas Carol, that's one. Yeah. Charles Dickens. Do you know Charles Dickens was a science fiction writer? Time travel. Exactly. Time travel. This just in. (laughs) This just in. It's like bold across the top. This just in. (laughs) Charles Dickens. Science fiction? Three question marks. <laughs> New York Times. <laughs> but in in A Christmas Carol, Scrooge gets to see a future where he does not make good decisions and Tiny Tim dies. You said Scrooge and my brain filled in the rest and said McDuck. I knew I knew that that's what you're laughing at. Scrooge McDuck goes to the future. There is a, did you know Charles Dickens in the original Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Scrooge. Scrooge's name was Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. It's common anyway, knowledge. Scrooge McDuck goes forward in time <laughs> with the Ghost of Christmas Future. Sees a future where Tiny Tim dies, and that's that's real sad to Scrooge McDuck. And he goes back, and then he because he has seen the future, mm-hmm. he wakes up in the present, and he can make decisions that lead to a different one. Exactly. So. That one's kind of a... This what, is so think... cursed. I'm sorry. I'm cutting off this whole podcast. I'm in the This Always Happened. Did you see? Did you ever watch That's So Raven? No. That's So Raven was a Disney Channel show, TV show where uh-huh. she could see the future. 
And every time she saw the future, she would take steps to change it and ultimately would cause the future to happen. It's like Master Uguay said, one often meets their destiny on the road they take to avoid it. That was the point of That's a Raven. Hmm. Where she thinks she's in, she thinks she's in the seeing the future. Yeah. Brand of science fiction. She's actually in the this always happened brand of science fiction. That's funny. I recall enjoying it. I was 11. It was not that good. <laughs> yeah, I never watched that particular Disney Channel show. But another just shout out to uh, our friend Lauren, who's a linguist. And uh, Arrival is in this category. Seeing the future. Go linguists. We won't spoil too much about Arrival because that film is so good. So good. But... The story is a, a I can see the future, and so I can I can access the information that's in the future to make a better present, and that's very very mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. Also, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, word, bro, so good, great freaking film. In my opinion, amazing. That's a perfect amazing film. film. Oh yeah, for sure. And I, if you had told me going into it, they're like, hey, here's this like linguist movie. This movie it's, about languages. It's sci-fi. It's great. I would have looked at you and said, wait, what? I'm not spending money on that. So good. So good. good. Soundtrack's very good. Yeah, very cool. I think this seeing the future, I mean, we talked about this a second ago, but the seeing the future brand Mm -hmm. of storytelling, of of story, is not usually the one that you think of when you think sci-fi. And I think that's usually because... Seeing the future often leans into a science fantasy rather than science fiction. Mm-hmm. I think the only science fiction story I can think of that uses, and I wouldn't even say even this, but Meet the Robinsons, where mm. he can... Hmm. How about Minority Report? I haven't seen Minority Report. Is it good? Oh, that's a good one, too. All right. Is it good I think... One? Uh, how about I think Meet the Doctor Robinsons Strange. kind of falls into a this always happened. I my internet's crap. What I was just going to say that uh, I think Meet the Robinsons actually falls into a mm-hmm. this always happened story, right? Because I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. That's a good film. Good wholesome movie. That's also a good one. Mm-hmm. Like that one. But tell me about um, Minority Report. So the the premise of that one is there are these three beings that can see the future. And they have futuristically hooked them up to a device that enables whenever these three see a crime happening, they it spits out a little report that then goes to the police department and they are able to prevent crime because these three people can see the future mm-hmm. and it gives them time to prevent this. And so the whole thing though is the main character is one of these cops Mm -hmm. and suddenly the report comes in that he is going to commit a murder Uh, yeah and so it's like wait wait what i'm not i'm not going to commit a murder and then the name of the thing minority report is because every once in a while there is a report that comes in that not all three of them agreed on Mm. and these these they're called precogs precognition beings Mm. the precogs are they're people but they just they literally just lay in a pool of nasty looking water they they're not like 
they're hooked up to their machines and they just sit there and see the future. <laughs> That's know, an so, ideal existence right there. Oh yeah, for sure. But so there are every once in a while this minority report where one of the three sees a different future. And so this guy goes down the rabbit hole trying to trying to prove that it's like I'm not going to commit murder like and then he does, but you know, whoops. It's, don't commit murder. Don't commit murder. We've been there. We've done Legal that. tip. Episode one. Yeah, don't commit murder. Don't do that. Legal tip. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. This is now a legal podcast. Even if this is now a legal podcast. Laundry no more. We know lots. <laughs> Laundry. Laundry. Oh, I <laughs> I have half a mind to just go away right now. Just shut off all my equipment. <laughs> shut down my computer and go to bed. Um, I started a thought earlier. I want to finish it. That please do the seeing the future trope is often associated more with science fantasy because the MacGuffin is not usually based in science. It is usually some magical thing mm-hmm. that reveals to you the yeah. future. That's all I was going to say. Except for the minority part. Yeah. Um, next on our list, time loops. These are fun. These are the... This is probably my favorite. So cool. They, a time loop is so cool. I'll let you go first. Okay, so... I want to establish the rules of a time loop. So the the basic premise is your character, sometimes characters plural, but usually it's just one, is stuck reliving this loop. It's the same period of time, typically a day, doesn't necessarily have to be, but you just live that period of time. You live that day over and over and over, and it's a loop, and you... The only, I guess, time travel, quote-unquote, that's happening is the fact that the character that is stuck in the loop is learning and remembering their experiences. And so Mm. it's this idea of the information is what's being sent back in time, in a way. Mm. And so now is where I want to kind of segue into Outer Wilds, because Outer Wilds is a time loop. You, it, I'm not going to spoil anything. I, again, this is my very, very favorite video game of all time. This man watched me play it for 30 hours because he loves it so much. Yes, and it is one that I cannot relive the experience myself, and so I have to get that vicariously through others. And so I have watched Elijah play this game. I watched two of our other friends, Ben and Allie, from our writing group who still need to finish, but I've watched both of them play through it. My Mm. father-in-law played through this game and I love this. I love watching other people experience it. Mm -hmm. It's so good. And it is all based on a time loop where your character has a set amount of time and you have to try and explore and everything that you learn remains with you. And so you go building upon this knowledge that you collect with every time that you reset your loop until eventually you figure out what is going on and you learn this beautiful story and then you act on that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the that's the core storyline of any time loop story is that you land in a place, you start, you do your loop the first time, you don't have a clue what's going on, you realize you're in a loop and then you take the time to learn about what's a causing the loop. Mm-hmm. B what's what's why your uh, what's your 
purpose here in this loop mm-hmm. and what things you can resolve in this loop yeah. before you and ultimately you end the loop and continue the time. Exactly. Continue your, your you know, normal timeline rather than being stuck in the same one. The classic time loop story is Groundhog Day. Yeah. Bill Murray. It's it's the goat. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would argue that it's the goat. It's so good. Yeah. Of probably, maybe even all time traveling stories, but definitely of the time loop mm-hmm. variety. It is the goat. It definitely. But the... the uh, goat means greatest of all time, by the way. Greatest of all time. Goat. Thank you for that clarification. Yes. Important. Goat. Greatest of all time. The... When you start looking at that, go again, go look at the the YouTube video that we're putting in the description because you get to see this diagram. But if you are looking at these different branches of, of time where you, there is a single starting point and your character starts there every morning, for example, and there's you've got the whole day to try and do different things and every time you try something new is a different branch on the path, but mm-hmm. you get to the end of the day and you your branch hits a wall and you reset. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you keep doing that and you keep doing that until eventually you find the one path that goes beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. I think I want I want to cut you off and say that you're not really finding branches, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't want to we don't want to confuse you and say that there are other branches. In a time loop story there's a there's a single timeline and you get to experience all the possibilities of this timeline. Mm-hmm. as you take action and and then it resets. So, at the end of your time loop there aren't other branches that have started. True. There are, true there's sorry. only the one. Yeah. But every new attempt is a new avenue that the timeline is going to go until you find the one that's right mm-hmm. and you get out. So, there's an episode of Supernatural called The Mystery Spot. Okay. And it is one of my favorites, and it's a time loop story where one of the two br- main characters, the brothers, Sam, is in this time loop, and he wakes up, and there's this same. It's 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 very much the you know the Groundhog Day homage, and he wakes up. There's this particular song on the radio, and the thing is, his brother dies during sometime during the day, and he is Isn't trying his to brother keep- like one of the like the other main character. Yes, yes, across These the entire the, series, the two main characters of the whole show. Home. And his brother dies. And <laughs> that's that, insane. That is a huge part of this whole show is they do everything they can to keep each other alive, even when it's really dumb and causes other conflicts. But mm-hmm. And so he is trying and trying and trying so hard to prevent his brother from dying. There's this one scene where they go into this diner and his brother orders the hush puppies and chokes to death on these hush puppies. And so then the next day they go in and he's like, Hey, no, 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 don't like, I've had the hush puppies here. They're bad. And so it's like, his brother's like, Oh, okay, fine. And so he orders, uh, the pancakes, but then, and so then Sam is like, yeah, cool. Didn't choke to death on the, the hush puppies. And then they exit the diner and a piece of a satellite falls out of the sky and kills his brother. And it's like, what, what it's, it's, it's so funny. It's very well done. It's very dramatic. And it ends up that, there's this trickster deity who has put them in this time loop uh, until he, I don't remember what he has to do to, to break the loop, but like, it's hilarious because it's this, it's this deity screwing with him, killing his brother and then resetting the day. I love how I think most time loops eventually 
because you know, like there's the inevitability of the fact that there are no consequences. Once you learn why you're in a loop Mm -hmm. and what's not going to end the loop, there is often some shenanigans. And I think that's a fun trope of time loops. Yeah. Just doing insane stuff that you'd never do because you are 100% certain there will not be consequences. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is an interesting aspect of time loop stories that what, and once there are no consequences, you can kind of get a little reckless with the things that your characters do Mm -hmm. because the morality gets really gray, right? The, it's, it's, they can do real dumb, shady things and yeah, like whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. they wake up the next day and that did not happen. Literally no one was hurt. Yep. No one, no one is permanently hurt because of this, or they don't even know that this happened. And so there are some shenanigans. Yeah. I think in the, in the, in the outer wilds, I think the, the, the shenanigans is crashing your ship into the sun. And that's hilarious. Literally every single yeah. time. What were you going to say? Oh, just a fun subversion of that though is they're messing around and do something just outrageous and dumb. And then the time loop and the time loop ends. <laughs> Bro, there's an anime called ReZero where the main character gets uh, summoned to a fantasy world mm-hmm. from Japan. And he is, it's, it's an interesting take on the time loop because he kind of gets checkpoints. He gets to, it, he goes until he dies and then he wakes up at the most recent checkpoint. So he doesn't really know when these checkpoints are. Okay. He doesn't know when he gets one, but the next time he dies, he will wake up at the most recent checkpoint. And then he will have to do that loop a few times before he can get the outcome he wants and can move on. But this poor character, I think that one, this one shows the trauma of a time loop a lot because in this one, he like watches the people he love get just killed and then he wakes up and they're all fine and he knows that if he doesn't take the right course of action they will all end up like speared and mounted on pikes and Hmm. left to rot or like frozen like and so like you the the show's hard because you watch and like you just watch these characters you love just get destroyed and it's usually sad they don't really take the comedy aspect to it very much Mm -hmm. and so sounds like something right up your alley it was a lot of fun. It's a very, in my opinion, a very fun story. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do love them, those trauma, trauma, sad, hard stories. <clears throat> yes. Cool. All right. Let's talk about these last two real quick, just because they're kind of weird. Yeah. So we've got the unstuck mind and the unstuck body. Okay. So unstuck mind, your character's consciousness is transported through time within their body and so they can just go to different mm-hmm. like, ages. I'm not like I'm not really f- super familiar with any kind of story like this. But this idea that your consciousness can just like I want to go back to when I was ten, mm-hmm. or I want to move forward to when I'm sixty. Like, mm-hmm. did you see X Men: Days of Future Past? I don't think so. Which one is that? It's a pretty good film. It it's the one where they live in a future where the perfect X-Men hunters have been built by some billionaire and all the X-Men. And then the X-Men hunters like mistake mm-hmm. all humans for X-Men. So then these oh. like machines just kill literally friggin' everyone, okay. the whole planet. And it's a, it's a pretty bad situation. And yeah, so in order to idea. resolve it, they have to go back in time and stop these machines from being invented. And is this one, is this the one where they send like Wolverine 
back mm-hmm. in time. Yep, they send Wolverine back in time through his, his own brain. His body is the only one that can handle the sciencey. I think it's because his body is the only one that is a, in the right area at the right time. Okay, I'm not sure. I can't. Marvel X Men guys don't come after us for this one. That's a that's a that's a bit. It's a tiny detail. You can't get after us for that. Yeah. All I'm saying is, so X-Men, yes, I have seen this one. The X Men. The X Men. I almost just said <laughs> the X Men goes back in time. Good night. Wolverine goes back in time in his own brain. So his his consciousness is transferred back to when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And so in this one, there is only one timeline. There's no branching timeline and there's mm-hmm. no loop. It's just that he goes back in time to his consciousness and kind of rewrites some things so yeah. that a bad future doesn't happen. So I think this one is almost, almost similar to seeing the future because the X-Men – the X Man. Sorry, that's so funny to me. The X Man <laughs> lives his whole life and sees these uh, machines come into existence, and then his consciousness way back here gets to see that and changes the course of history to make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. That also feels slightly like an anything goes because there is only the one timeline, mm-hmm. and he is using an unstuck mind to go back and rewrite things. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I think you are allowed to use more than one in these. Oh, ways. for sure. For sure. Yeah. Unstuck, unstuck body is fun. So this is just your, your being or an object becomes detached from the flow of time. It's also called like the inverted entropy kind of story. This one gets real weird. The best example that I've got is Tenet, which is a really cool movie that just broke my brain. But this idea that you can travel in the opposite direction of time, whereas in, so for example, Tenet, they go and they invert time on themselves so that they're moving quote unquote backwards. And then they chill and wait for however long they want to go back in time. So you, as you know, your main character, if you want to travel back in time a day, you invert time and then you wait around for a day but then when you revert to the normal flow of time you have traveled back one day so you your character this one's interesting because your characters you don't get any kind of time dilation you don't get any Mm -hmm. kind of compression gaining loss of, of time or whatever because time continues to happen to you you just happen to be like you have now traveled back a day but your body still aged that day, mm-hmm. you know. It's another weird one. You can get some cool stories out of it. Though. Tenet, yeah. I recommend. I I have not seen Tenet, and I think if I if I had seen if I watch it, I'll I'll understand it. Right now, the unstuck body to me is still just like not quite, not quite. I don't I don't totally get it. Um, I think we will probably see more of these types of films, types of stories because. There's always some guy who wants to t- Chris, some Christopher Nolan who wants to make yeah. us some, some film where we do a new science time travel uh-huh. thing. Here's another example. So there's a quick bit in Endgame mm-hmm. where they're trying out the time thing for the first time, and so Doctor Hulk mm-hmm. and Ant Man are like Ant Man. Scott's all suited up, and mm-hmm. he puts him in the time machine, and he's like that meme, I see this as an absolute success where Mm -hmm. in that sequence, 
there's the part where Scott comes back as a baby. That oh, would be yeah. an unstuck body. He de-aged. So, his, uh, so anytime that your body gets pulled out, uh, like if it ages immediately, like fast or de-ages fast, that's an unstuck body. Because Benjamin it experienced. Yeah, because that's what I was about to say. It's the mm-hmm. Benjamin Button is that he's experienced. His body is experiencing time backwards, but his consciousness is experiencing it forwards. Yeah, that would be an That is example. bizarre. It's weird, and I try not to think about it too much. Is Benjamin my Button head. Brad Pitt? I never saw that movie. Small confession time? Me neither. It is Brad Pitt. I can't. Why can I not think of anyone? Like what? That's what? bizarre. It makes me uncomfortable. Brad Pitt is not Benjamin Button. That's Brad weird. Pitt is in Inglorious Bastards. He kills Nazis. It's great. Yeah. Bon Giorno. <laughs> World War Z. Or World War Z. Yeah. He kills. He's yeah. Anyway, not cool. Not an old baby. All right, we're at an hour, almost five minutes. I like making time notes during the mm-hmm. recording because when I go in and edit, I get to hear how much time uh-huh. I've we've cut out. This is how many ums I've cut. Exactly. Three minutes of ums. So those are our, those are our eight time travel types. Mm -hmm. Let's wrap things up with our, it's a featured setting this time around. Cool. Yeah. Featured setting. Um, I feel like I always introduce whatever the thing is. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you say the word. What is our featured setting? Sanctuary. 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 (laughs) Sanctuary. 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 I'm not cutting any of this. (laughs) (laughs) A character sanctuary is the place that they are safe. Now, you often see these either at the beginning of the film when they are comfortable and they have not had an inciting incident to pull them out of their comfortable place. Mm -hmm. Their story has not yet begun. They have Mm -hmm. not gone on their their adventure yet or they're close to or they have gone on their adventure but they have not like they're still within they can still go to this safe place uh an example is in hunchback of notre dame Mm -hmm. Quasimodo takes esmeralda to the top of the tower and the top of notre dame Mm -hmm. and they have this view of the seine and it's really beautiful and it's where they have this really meaningful conversation about who's you know Frollo says that I'm a monster and that all of the gypsies are evil. And she's, you know, gives him that maybe Frollo's a big fat jerk idiot kind of talk. And it's very soft. Yeah, very soft, kind of wholesome scenes. I don't think you see a lot of. I mean, it's the point of a sanctuary is that it's not a place where bad events happen, that Mm -hmm. it's not a place of violence. It's a place where. You can get some really some if once you establish a sanctuary for a character, Mm -hmm. a moment where you defile the sanctity of that place Mm -hmm. can be a really really strong character moment in your story. Did you see a quiet place? Yes, their home, Mm -hmm. where they this is their safe place. This Mm -hmm. is where they can be. This is where they raise their children. This is where we grow our crops. So in the in the Climax of the movie when them aliens are in our sanctuary, our safe place. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Yeah. Good storytelling there. Yep. I so. think that's how most alien invasion movies are, right? We have this safe place and and we want to keep it safe. But the aliens or the bad guys or the zombies are coming to mm-hmm. defile it. And that is a that is an interesting story. 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of your haunting, you know, your, your like insidious or the, I can't think of any, the conjuring, you know, that, that kind mm -hmm. of is an interesting subversion of the sanctuary because typically mm -hmm. home is seen as your, as a sanctuary, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're supposed to be safe there with your family and now there's some sort of evil entity or some sort of monster or alien or something invading. I, mm -hmm. I agree. Makes for a very good story. Mm -hmm. um, I, outside of subverting the sanctuary, I, I think there is a, I mean, there's, there's the beginning of the story where you pull someone out of their sanctuary to make them cross the threshold to begin their journey. Right. Mm -hmm. I think a sanctuary is especially interesting when a sanctuary is a place for a, a place for someone to return to, to have peace and quiet. And yeah. I love seeing what each character's sanctuary is. That's very characterizing for them. Yeah. I'm thinking of pride and prejudice of Lizzie's dad. He, okay. he, rev he hides in his office where he's got books mm -hmm. to read and ignore the family drama and to get away from his nightmare of a wife. <laughs> 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 and um, and that's where it, it, you know he invites his daughter. It's where he invites Lizzie to talk to her about Mister Darcy to mm -hmm. say, you know, I can tell you really like this guy, or I can tell like I you you don't want to marry Mister Collins, and I'm not going to make you do that. Yeah. So and that that all happens there in that sanctuary, and I really like that. It, it, this the sanctity of a sanctuary is yeah. It's it's fun and, and it's cool. It's a cool way to show your readers, hey, this place. We're not going to introduce a new conflict in this space. Yeah, we're not going to break this space. We are going to use this space to give the listener, give the reader, a a sense of relief, mm -hmm. where we can ponder the soft things, where we can we can think about the quiet and make decisions, and then leave the sanctuary to go and take action. Mm -hmm. I, I think just this idea of like a, hey, can I show you something? Yes. That's a, that's a good way to, mm -hmm. that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's uh, often in romance where one character reveals his sanctuary or reveals her sanctuary to, to the, yeah. the interesting partner. The, the, uh, that, again, Quasimodo showing Esmeralda the, the, the clock tower. This is mm -hmm. my safe place. This is my sanctuary. And I am bringing you in here and that is that's emotion. big. That's, that's a big thing. Yeah. That's 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 important. That is a a very important relevant moment for me to bring you into my safe space because it means I trust you that you're not going to defile it. Mm -hmm. Sanctuary, baby. Sanctuary. Put them in your books. Featured settings. Sanctuary. This one's a bit more of a like we didn't say a specific like it has to be like we're not talking meadows right like this is not as Every character's sanctuary is different, but mm -hmm. coming a lot of caves and stuff. But possibilities and forms and varieties. Mm -hmm. But a sanctuary is somewhere quiet. It's Aladdin's little hovel in that tower where he has the view of the palace. Mm -hmm. It's a quiet place. It's our safe yeah. place. Very nice. All right. Well, I don't remember how we wrap these things up. Thanks for coming to episode five of Folded Sheets and Story Beats. Yeah. Where we we're back at it. We're gonna try and get these up weekly again. Mm -hmm. Again, sorry for our 
long leave of absence. But here we are. Next up, we are going to be talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Collaborative storytelling. Collaborative storytelling of tabletop role-playing games. Yep. Specifically, if you want to kind of, you know, prepare for our next episode, first, we're going to have two guests on with us. This is going to be a double feature. Exactly. And we are going to, at some point or another, talk about two particular Dungeons and Dragons stories that you can find to watch online. We're talking Critical Role and The Adventure Zone. Now, it's there the are zone. hundreds of hours of content for these. Clearly, you know, I recommend them, but mm-hmm. I don't anticipate people who have not heard of these to go find them and watch all 500 hours of, mm-hmm. you know. But we're, it, you can definitely find highlight clips, and I recommend mm-hmm. it. And we're going to be kind of covering the ways that the actors slash players help create the story. Mm-hmm. How the dungeon master builds and 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 creates also like uh, you know builds the setting and the characters for the story. Yep. And collaborative yeah, storytelling. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good time. Yeah. So please join us again next week. And until then, thanks for joining us on this episode of Folded Sheets and Story Beats. as plugs go i'm writing a book it's almost done it's called column mercury it takes place in space it's spooky there are ghosts involved there are bad android overlords involved there is thrilling chases and and machine environments the fragility of human life the fragility of human we cover that pretty extensively rest in peace rest in peace multiple characters so many characters we have a twitter at Woodhouse FSASB. We have an Instagram. Eli- I think I think that's just Elijah Woodhouse. That's my Instagram. And I sort of handle the PR for us. Mostly because I don't want to deal with it. And we have our email, sheetsandbeats at gmail.com. S-H-E-E-T-S-B-E-A-T-S. So that you can let us know about things. If you have opinions on things, we like to hear that. Yeah. Or just text us because most of you know us personally. So. <laughs> and cut.